Welcome to the Sendcast. My name is Dale Pickles. I'm the Managing Director of B Squared and the host of the Sendcast, the podcast for special needs. Each week on the podcast, we talk about a different topic within the world of special educational needs to improve our knowledge, to provide support to professionals working in schools and to empower parents. In this episode, Alison Noel returns and we're discussing how important it is for young people to find their tribe and a sense of belonging. Before we get started, have you heard of the Virtual Send Conference? This is a conference we started running in 2019 that makes CPD around SEND more affordable, easy to access, and allows you to deliver CPD to the whole school around SEND. It runs every year over the internet, but you can watch the videos whenever you need to as they are available on demand. For more information, visit www.trainingforeducation.com. And at the end of the episode, I'll be giving you a discount code so you can save some money when you purchase access. Let's get on with the podcast. In this week's show, we're discussing how important it is for young people to find their tribe and to find their place in the world. Joining me today is Alison Knowles. Ali is the creator of the Ollie model, the author of the series of Ollie and his superpower books, trainer of Ollie coaches, and an emotional therapist. Welcome to the show, Ali. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Good, good. So some children just click, get on, they find a group of friends, they like football, life is great. But for other children, finding that tribe take much longer. <laughs> I didn't like football. I didn't like football, so I didn't fit in with that tribe. Do you know, this, this, this is a primeval thing. It's a good place to, to start to understand why we need a tribe full stop. And, you know, you can read a million and one books about this, but way, way back when we were all in caves, it was important for us to belong to a tribe. And back then, for really, really good sound reasons, if another tribe attacked and you're on your own, you've had it, haven't you? Yeah. But if you're part of a tribe, hopefully if another tribe attacks, you've got half a chance. But it's not just being part of that tribe, it's being an important part of that tribe, a valued part of that tribe. Because if you're in a cave and someone's managed to kill a woolly mammoth or whatever, if you're not important, then you'll probably get the leftover of the mammoth, not the good meat that will keep you strong and fit and healthy. And if you're not really important and valued in that tribe, then you probably don't get to sleep next to the fire so it can keep warm, probably pushed to the back. All of these things will affect your ability to survive. So being part of the tribe ups your chances of survival. Being an important part and a valued part of that tribe really ups your chances of survival. So it's quite a primeval thing. I suppose when you talk about being valued, you're not talking about being the alpha, but you could be the alpha, the beta, but someone they obviously, they respect. You're useful. I mean, if, if, useful, if another one. tribe attacks and you can't fight, you're not really useful, are you? So if we've only got a little bit of meat, you're probably not going to get it. I'm going to give it to the guy that's really good with a spear. That, that kind of thing. So it's, Or if you make the spears. It, yeah, it, it, it's it's having your, a use, a Your role. use and your role within that tribe ups your, your, your status within that tribe, ups your chances of survival. So consequently, again, if you think back, as, as people got older, they, they couldn't fight, they couldn't hunt, they were less useful. So they were probably not allowed so near the fire and they were given scraps. Yeah. Because they're not so useful. It's all about survival. Definitely. And it still is in a funny sort of way. So that alpha role is quite a fun one. So there's a, uh, there's a video on YouTube, which is um, taken at, I'm going to say a music festival. No idea. There's loud music. 
and there is it's it's quite it's from an overhead shot and it's someone's commentating this as well and there's a bloke just dancing not not near a stage he's just in part of this field and he's dancing and people say and this is the alpha male you know he's on his own it's a bit weird so he's doing his thing and he's quite comfortable he's just going and doing his thing but at the moment he looks bit weird because he's just dancing on his own I'm sure he hadn't had too much of him bimpto. uh might have been a bit too much bimpto or other substance but someone else came along and joined him and what's interesting is that second person validated the alpha once a second person joined other people joined so it's quite interesting is the alphas don't always have the power someone else has to give it to them for it to work and it's quite an interesting video when you saw this. And sometimes you can be at a school and you could be all on your own and be a weirdo or a different. And then someone else goes, yeah, yeah, he's got it right. And you start to get a tribe. And other people who aren't maybe so sure join that tribe. But it is, it's interesting watching this whole tribal alpha thing. And you watch, I remember watching Big Brother years ago just watching people pecking over who fighting over who wants to be the alpha and who's in charge and the ways they did it god it looked tiring and boring i think I, it's an interesting concept and and yeah that i i'm fascinated by anything that people do social behavior the the guy that was dancing on his own originally absolute respect because he didn't care and he didn't need a tribe and other people saw that i presume as some form of strength in him so they want to go and be near him because that's quite strong. And then when somebody does, it's like, what's he doing? He's over there with that guy that's quite strong, dances on him. Oh, right, okay, we're ready. And off we go. But what it actually comes down to is, again, this sense of we all fundamentally are very social animals, and we are. And, you know, we don't, it doesn't, we don't have to have a tribe of thousands. We can have a tribe of two. It's still a tribe. It works for us. But we're fundamentally social animals. But we need to belong. Yeah. And we need to feel valued and respected and accepted within a community so it's it's incredible and you see examples of it everywhere nobody that i know or that i associate with at least i hope not goes out of their way to spend an evening with people that they have nothing in common with and they don't like and makes them feel stupid you don't do that do you you go and spend time with people with the same values interests and so that you can join in so that you feel accepted you feel normal you feel like everybody else you feel a sense of belonging why do we do that? It is this sense of needing to be social. It's this sense of, you know, there's nothing wrong with me. I've got my tribe. I'm in a, and and you see it, you know, you see it football matches. You know, I'm all gonna wear blue shirts because we support this team. Do you really support that team? Do you really think they're any better than the other team? You'll get yourself to believe you do, but initially it'll be well, everybody else is supporting that team, so I'm going to, and. You know, as we get older, supposedly we can go, well, hang on a minute. You know, I, I, I've gone to football for years and I've supported the team in blue because that's what we've always done. But you know what? Team in red are actually better and more fun to watch. And they're a division down, but there's more goals because otherwise it's like my personal opinion watching paint dry. So when you're older, you might have enough self-worth and be confident enough in yourself to say, do you know what, boys? Lovely. Knock yourselves out. I'm going to go. I'm going over here. And that's OK. But when we're young, we don't have that sense of self-worth. We don't know who we are and we need to belong and fit in. And often that direction comes from your parents. So oh, yes. I remember <laughs> being at junior school and um, we were in South London and which football team you support? It was always the Arsenal, the Chelsea, West Ham, the uh, Tottenham, all, of the, all the London clubs and me, Man United. Why? 
don't really care, but my granddad used to play for the under-21s or something, so that's my reason. I don't really care. That was really brave. Glory sport or whatever. It was just like, oh. And there was always a cool club to support. And I think in the 80s it was Liverpool. I think they were doing quite well. And you see people who supported their club because of their parents. That's why they went there to school. Oh, I support this group. Or they live in that town. Or they lived or in that town. So, yeah, something. And then they sort of went. But all the cool kids like that. I'm going to start supporting them. And their allegiances would change to fit in with the tribe. For that sense of self-worth and belonging. And, you know, it, it, if you look around you, it's happening everywhere. I mean, you, you send your kids to school and we put them in uniforms. Why? Well, lots of sensible reasons for that. You know, some kids haven't got as much money as others, so they maybe can't turn up in designer rebots. And if you've got them all in a uniform, it, it level playing field. But it's also creating a tribe, isn't it? That's it. We go to this school, we wear this badge, we belong here. So from the off, we're creating this tribal situation. And and we're doing it all the way through our kids' lives. We're creating this, well, you, you know, you're part of this. This is what we do. This is what our type of people do. And it is, again, our type of people, a sense of belonging, because then you've got people around you like you, makes you feel safe, makes you feel valued, makes you feel wanted. Wonderful. The problem comes when you have... And I think all teenagers go through this to a greater or lesser extent, but certainly our kids with additional needs, they certainly do. In order to belong to a tribe, you have to be able to fit in. You have to be like them. So if you're the girl that's a little bit overweight or not a beauty queen, you're not going to fit in with the in-crowd. That's painful and that's cruel because that in-crowd then need to justify themselves and they can be quite cruel to the person that doesn't fit in just because I fit in and you don't. And it's it's a horrible thing to watch. It really is. Yeah. And, and some of it is a uh, distraction. Yeah. It, it is, instead of you being mean, I'll be mean to them, which will distract you from realising I don't fit quite in here. Right. But I as do. long as I'm mean to that person, you'll see that. I think it's great. Look at the bully mentality of the alpha male thing. The alpha male there is, the way he attracts is through fear. And what happens is you, you have this group of people that hang around with the bully not because they're necessarily bullies, so they don't really fit in that tribe. But if I stay in this tribe, then you won't bully me. Yeah. And that happens an awful lot. But then, you know, so you're, you're the girl that isn't the beauty queen. You're the boy that hasn't got the six pack. Um, or you're the boy that doesn't like playing football. You you like computer games. Or you're the one in the class that is autistic that and dangerously intelligent and leave the other kids behind. Or you are autistic, so you have different traits. Maybe... Maybe you're you're the kid that can't sit still in class and you know has attention issues. Maybe you're the kid that whose memory and processing skills aren't the same. So you're different. The moment you're different, anything different from us frightens us. You think I don't want to get into religion and politics, but it's it's it's, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Anything different from us scares us. Because if I choose to believe this and this keeps me safe, and you're putting up a really good argument as to why it's I'm just going to not even listen. I'm just going to, you're not in my tribe and I'm going to fight you because I don't want to hear it because that, that threatens my beliefs and my tribe and my sense of belonging. So kids go through this at school regardless of any additional needs, whether they're on the spectrum or not. We all do and teenagers especially because up until a certain age, they're just kids and you ask, you know, we do this all the time in schools as part of our prevent and, and teaching them about emotional resilience programs. And you can get a boy and a girl and you say, what's the same about you two? Uh, we both go to the school. We both wear this uniform. We both like fish fingers. Oh, you like sausages. I don't like sausages. I like burgers. Um, very rarely will anyone under, yeah, oh, I don't know, 
one stroke to say, you know, you've got boy bits, I've got girl bits. It happens occasionally, but do you know, it's not top of their list. No. Soon as we move into teenage years and obviously puberty kicks and we start to change physically, then it really does because it's such a horrible time. We've got the adult brain, the child brain, which is the emotional brain kicking off. So one part of you wants mum to cuddle you and make the world right and the other part of you wants to go out there and change the world and bust out of the tunnel. Yep. But what if you can't fit in that tribe? What if you're not in the in crowd? What if you are a little bit different? from a diagnosis maybe you're just a bookworm maybe you just love computers maybe you're a little bit socially shy maybe you didn't have any brothers and sisters so you don't know how to banter and join in maybe you're from foster and adoption you've never had a tribe you've been moved from one place to the other you wouldn't know how to join a tribe if you tried because you don't know what it takes you haven't got the social skills then you're on your own it's a lonely damn place at the best of times let alone when you're a teenager and everybody's forming those tribes it's a very very lonely place I've I've never I don't drink beer, I'm not a huge fan of football. I've, I've coached football for my daughter's team. I've gone watch football. I, if I didn't watch it for six years, it wouldn't really matter. I watched the world, but I, I'm not in the oh let's go have a drink on the Friday night and go. I'm not in that. So I'm not in the tribe. And there's certain things you miss out on. And um, I think growing up pre-internet, pre-mobile phones, it was hard to find a tribe because you'd you'd only had the local area. Yeah. Um, not a choice. I got into car audio. I loved it. You know, that big noisy cars going down the road. I did that. But I found a tribe across the whole of the UK. We're still friends on Facebook. Occasionally we'll meet up. I think we're going to meet up next year, this year, and meet up again. I've not done the car audio bit, but I found a tribe who we've all got a bit of similarities. We've now all got, we've got kids. We all met up with. So I found a tribe that way. And that's what I like about stuff like the internet is you can go out it's incredibly and important. find a tribe and um it's interesting watching my daughter uh growing up in primary school is you'd go to the park and you see the popular in our area there's a skate park and the popular girls will sit on there in their right in the right clothing and my daughter obviously watched because she wanted adidas trainers so, so she started on it was like okay, that's interesting you look on and then as her year group got older you kind of got to that. And um, I remember talking to her and she called them the populars. The populars. And um, I think she went to somewhere and she went, she went, they're really boring. I don't, yeah. She almost like she had them on a pedestal and she got there and went, yeah, that's not for me. And, and she went off in a different direction. Which is that was, that was, I found it really interesting watching. And ultimately that's, that's what, we want our kids to do. We want them to find their individual self yep. and to be proud of it, to love it, to love themselves and have that self-worth. But when we're growing up, the need to belong and to fit in is, is really, really important because otherwise you're on your own. It's a dangerous, scary, lonely place. And you're right, the internet's amazing. And and, and certainly with all the, the SEN groups now and the things like your podcast and stuff like that, People that maybe live in a village in the back end of nowhere and they've got the only autistic kid for a 300 miles, who do they talk to? Because it's not like, you know, I remember when my, my sisters have both got kids and uh, they were able to talk to mum and obviously mother-in-law about bringing up kids because their kids were, brackets, normal. And then my niece had a son with additional needs, autis autism. And... What a lonely place because nobody could give her any advice. So all of a sudden she didn't have a tribe. And also and, not and, only is it a lonely place, but you're a bad parent often. Well, there's something wrong, yes. And so 
and you're on, that means you're on your own. That means you feel threatened. That means you don't feel in control and all that other stuff would continually unbreak a broken record talking about. But the internet was brilliant for that because she was able to find groups of people with autistic children that she could connect with. Now, you know, some groups she connected with, she's like, this isn't for me because, because, because. But then ultimately she was able to find a group. So in that respect, the internet is absolutely fantastic. So tribes are really important. The, the problem, and from a therapeutic point of view, I never, I never see a teenager, they've never been brought to me because they've found their tribe, they fit in, they're happy as Larry, <laughs> and life's just cushy. I know what I'm doing for the rest. Never happens, right? That's the downside of my job. You never get anyone turn up because they're in a good place. What I get is the teenager that doesn't fit in. And they don't fit in because they don't look the same. They don't have the same religion. Maybe they don't speak the same language. They just, you know, there'll be something about them that's different. Maybe they do have additional needs. Maybe they have additional, uh, a different sexual identity. Um, obvious ones, you know, I'm gay. Um, the school I'm in, you know, they are still stoning people. That's a lonely damn place to be. So what do you do? You try and fit in? Yeah, that's or the thing. Or you stand alone. Standing alone is dangerous. Trying to fit in, what a lonely place. You can be very lonely in a crowd. Yeah, and that can also cause long-term damage. Oh, it does. I mean, for many, many years. And again, you know, internet's good and bad. And, and we, were, we were talking about, dare I bring it up, um, strictly. But do you know how much good that's done? Not just for the gay community, but obviously for the deaf community. That wasn't just about dancing. But role models. Role models that make it okay to be deaf. And, you know, it's not a limitation. The limitation is a limitation you put on yourself. It's okay to be gay. They aren't the stereotypical whatever. Do you know, all of that is a really positive thing. That, that, I'm just touching that role models thing because Ali can see I'm a white, technically middle-aged male. Don't laugh. Um, definitely in the middle-aged bracket if I'm going up to 300. Um, no. And I see lots of white people on TV. Yeah. A lot of people on TV... The main person is the white male, which I suppose tells me I can be anything I want to be, which means I haven't actually noticed them. And it, I think it was the Black Lives Matters and all things like that, is you get people going, what's the black bloke on team? He's the robber. He's the this. He's the this. He's the, the this. What do I aspire to be? And it's realising role models, actually, it can have a really big impact. And I think having the gay people on TV, gay I'm so sorry for saying the gay people. <laughs> <laughs> that it's, was a slip, really was. So I just okay. went, what did I just the gays? Oh dear yeah, God, I mean, I'm so sorry. John and um, Johannes. <laughs> John and Johannes. But I didn't mean that, I meant before that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But actually realising having gay people, having uh, deaf people, having on CBeebies, they've got a various diverse yeah. hosts. Brilliant. Actually going... This is really good. And people watching Guardians of the Galaxy, I don't know if you've seen that. No. But um, there's a character on there called Drax. Yeah. He's very literal. Brilliant. Yes. It went over his head. I'm so fast, nothing goes over my head. Oh, dear God. Um, and people going, oh, is it? It's like he's autistic. He's like me. And realising, actually, so important. we want these role models and we want to be able to sit there and go, look, you be gay. You be trans. It's fine if you're deaf. It's not stopping you. You can be whoever you want to be. I think the world's moving the right way because a lot of the reason that, that and, and again, we're talking about you know, the positivity of tribes and why we do it, but the, as the people that I see haven't found their tribe for a myriad of reasons. 
And the reason that, I mean, the best way to explain this, I can probably use me. Um, when I was quite young, I was, I was brought up in a small town um, and I worked out at quite a young age that I was not like other girls and I much preferred being with the lads because they had more fun and, you know, they rolled in the mud and they climbed trees. I loved all that. So I was very tomboyish. But I didn't, when, when we got to that age where girls were fancying boys, I didn't. And I thought, oh. Now, the town I was, do not discuss this. The town, it, it, there's, there's a couple of gay boys about the same time uh, I, I met later on. And we used to have this joke, the town I was brought up in, called it Brigadoon. There was a bridge either end. And once a year, you could cross that bridge and escape. I was lucky I did, because you didn't want to stay there. But I, I remember going through this, well, I'm not like the other girls. So I tried to hide it by throwing myself into sport, because I was a bit more like the sporty girls but only to a point because they were still going out and wearing miniskirts and makeup and I didn't do that. So I didn't, still didn't quite fit in there. So I thought, okay, can't discuss this. I need to try and find what am I? Who am I? I'm, I, I don't belong. There's something wrong with me. And back then, this is going back quite a few years, there, there were no positive role models for me. So, you know, if you looked up anything about being a gay woman, I don't even like terms, lesbian or dyke, I hate that word. Um, all I saw was very, very masculine, um, ugh. and I thought I'm not, I'm not in their tribe either. I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know. So I didn't fit in the very limited tribes that were available to me. I didn't fit in the tribes of the rest of the kids at my school. I didn't fit into the tribes of anything I could find in a book or a magazine. There was no internet back then because they were really big and butch and very scary male-looking females. I thought, I'm not. What the hell am I? I'm a complete mess up like you know I must be a one-off incredibly lonely place because what went through my mind was one I could never talk to anyone about this yeah. because it's it was forbidden because it wasn't as accepted as it is now and two I'm gonna have a really lonely life because it must just be me and that takes you to a very dark place something wrong with me yeah and yeah. I'm, I'm never gonna That's have a partner good. because they don't exist because there's no one else like me it's a really dark place and and the kids that I see now, the teens that I see now, that, you know, whatever their reason for being different, I know that they feel they're in that dark place. And so I kind of do, do empathise. And I, I love working with them for that because there's nothing I can say. You know, I, I can say, do you know, this won't last long. You know, in a few years' time, you'll be out there. and you're... That's not going to help them right now. No. And right now is what they're living through. And right now is where they need help. They can't think a few years' time. We all do. We spend all our time looking for the future because we're getting older and we're going to peg it. But kids don't. They don't think they're ever going to get any older. So it doesn't work. So it's an incredibly lonely place. And from that lonely place, all sorts of nasty paths open up. They, they self-harm. Yeah. <laughs> because it's so helpless. Suicide rates in, in youngsters full stop, but we all know, especially young men, through the damn roof. Grooming. County lines. If you don't fit in, you're craving to find someone like you so you belong, so you feel validated. And so, do you know, it does not surprise me at all that when some nice guy with a nice car who's a bit trendy and cool pulls up and says, Hey, mate, why are you on your own? Oh, don't, they're all idiots. Come on. About to say, it's not necessarily finding someone, but actually finding someone who, who kind of seems, seems to accept you and is nice to you. Yes. can seem very tempting. Somewhere where you fit in and are made to feel you belong because we need it. You don't necessarily have to just go back to that feeling valued. Yeah. 
So you can sit there and go, I don't fit in. I'm very different to them, but they value me. Yeah. And that can lead to very dangerous because you're talking about like prevent training, aren't we there? Yeah. I, I mean, again, you know, one of the things that I think had the biggest impact on my life was playing rugby. And the reason that I loved it was because on that park, we had every walk of life, but we had every shape and size and background. But between us, we made the team. And everyone, it was important that we were different because we didn't need, you know. Different roles. Yeah. And, and for me, that, that was the best life lesson that, you know, it's, it's okay to be different. I'm valued in the team, even though I'm not really like any of them. I have my role and I have, and I was valued. Okay, they didn't like my sense of humor and I didn't go drinking with them, which, you know, but I was really good in the position I played. So I was valued. So I had this sense of, and it's so important. And the, the real worry, and as I said, the kids that I deal with are the ones that um, end up being groomed online. The only reason that they're even going to be entertaining a stranger online is because they haven't got a tribe, because a tribe would go, what are you doing? Come on, come out and play with us. So it's the guys that are on their own, the guys that have been pushed out, don't have a tribe, don't have that sense of belonging. County lines is a massive one. It's grooming kids to... So with this tribe thing, this is, uh, as you said, you don't necessarily have to fit in, but you can be valued in a tribe. Yeah, you need to feel valued. And I think I think over the last few years, I think unless you fit in, we're not going to value you. I think that seems to have happened more. I don't I don't know. That in some ways, not within the group, you have to fit in that specific group to be really accepted. But I, I don't know again, because as I said, why my my I've not had many issues in my life. I've I've drifted through life. And that thing is that um, the white male privilege type thing. I sit there and go, I don't think I've had privilege. And I sit there and go, well, I've not had lots of issues. So perhaps I have had it, but I don't really. But you said earlier um, about you think, okay, I might be gay. Let's look at them. Oh, well, I'm not that. So what am I? And that's the thing. So sexuality isn't, isn't a tribe. It's a giant community with mm. lots of tribes within it. Uh, y- yes, but you could say that about anything. So you could say... Um, Stri- being straight <coughs> isn't a tribe. It's a huge community with that, lots of tribes within it. Uh, everything is, yeah. <laughs> every, every tribe you can think of has tribes within it to a point. But sexuality is a really interesting one and, and, and quite a prominent one at the moment. And, and there's two schools of thoughts on this. There's, there's one where, um, you know... I'm trying to find my tribe. I know that sexually I don't relate in the way that my mate does to females or males. So I know I'm different that way in in who I fancy, who I find physically attractive. So I need to find other people like me so that I'm not going to be on my own. But then there's this flip side of, no, actually, I want to be completely unique and on my own. And, And I'm getting an awful lot of people in my therapy room at the moment, young people, and we've all heard this where we have this, how do you identify? So if we'd started this conversation, I would have said, hi, I'm Ali. Um, I, I identify as female and I'd like you to use the, no- the nouns her and she. And I'm Dale. I'm straight. I'm a male. And I'd like to be identified as a he. He or him. Um, so at the moment, there, there are over 72, <laughs> believe me, um, different identities depending on your how you identify yourself 
Yes. And and there's some common ones. So there's the straight, there's gay, there's bisexual, there's transsexual. And then we have sort of the asexual, the fusion, the non-binary. All of these things, do you know, I was having a conversation with someone the other day and, and, and somebody said, what does it really matter? Why do I need to know if you're binary or non-binary or what do I care? I either like you or I don't. And I, I said, that's because you're of an age where, you know, you're not interested physically, sexually in me and you're not threatened by my physicality or sexuality. You know, we just get on. That's okay. But when you're growing up and you're trying to work out what you think and feel and where you belong, when we're born, okay, the doctor, right, hands you to mum and goes, it's a boy or it's a girl. That's it. And most of us, that's fine. We completely accept that. That's what we are. And some of us are... Well, I might be female, but actually I'm not like other girls. I like girls or whatever. I would say, But I'm going to keep that quiet because otherwise I won't fit in. I would say it's not the doctor saying you're male or female. It's the world you're put into once you're told you're a boy or a girl and how everyone acts around you and then how you're supposed to act. So there's these studies where they dress a baby up in blue and the same baby up in pink. And then when he's in blue, he's told to be boisterous and make noise. And, go, and when he's in pink, he's told to be quiet because it's a girl. But it's the same baby. So it's our perception of stereotypical roles. It gets very complicated. I think, I think you can you can have that argument in that context if you're talking about behaviours. But you could argue that uh, sexual orientation isn't a chosen behaviour. No. You could no, argue yes, that, sorry. you know, I, I didn't choose to be gay, for example. Sorry, not, yes, sorry. I'm talking about the stereotypical boy things, girl things, yeah. not um, sexuality. No, very different. Sorry. Be very clear on that. No, do, do you know, I, I I think it's really important just to have open conversations and not have to apologise because the, the lovely thing is that you can have somebody that, that's talking to you at, at a very high level about something and you can just nod and agree and try not to tread on eggshells. Or you can say what you're thinking because that's what everybody else is thinking as well. And then that conversation opens up, doesn't it? And there's no offence, men. It's just a conversation. We're sharing ideas, sharing information. To, to come to a better understanding. understanding of a situation. So, yes, at the moment, it's it's an interesting phenomenon. Is it a phenomenon? I don't know. I, I have, you know, I've always had um, teens come to me um, who are struggling with their sexuality because they're gay, they're straight, or maybe they're bisexual, or biggie, maybe they, you know, they really do believe they're in the wrong body and they're, they're transsexual. Um, and I've always had that with therapies of what that's always been there from the time in the beginning. But now we've got this new stuff, haven't we? Binary, non-binary, fusion, fluid. What's that about? And, you know, some people are of the mind that that's about, no, I want to be completely unique. As part of me thinks is if you're in a tribe of 20,000 people, you're not going to be noticed. But if I get down to a tribe of, 20 we're all on first name terms i'm valued so our tribe you need to be unique enough that it's only 20 of us I, I, I don't know if that's again i've i've you know i've i've no idea and and i'm glad i've no idea because i think the moment that i start having definite views on this then i'll stop putting my fishing rods out as i call it when i'm working with someone i'll go in with a preconceived perception understanding and view and opinion and that will completely block and contaminate my work with that individual. I would probably guess there is no answer. 
Because if there was, it would be unanimously agreed on by now. It doesn't matter to me who you are, what you believe, what you think, what colour you are, what size you are, what sex you are, what your sexual inclinations, as long as you're not hurting anybody else, then I have a problem with it. Um, I really don't care because I'm here to help you because something's blocking you at the moment, stopping you moving forward. I think a lot of the work that I've got at the moment are parents, to be honest. The, the kids aren't confused. They really aren't. They're no, no, I'm I'm non-binary or infusion. And you could say, you know, is this a new trend? Just say you're gay or straight or you're not sure yet. It's that simple. And you could say that, yeah. But it's important to them that they have these choices and these options. And there's a point of it, no, 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 I'm definitely this. <laughs> have you met one of me before? There's a bit of that going on. Yeah. But with a lot of people, it's really, you know, I, I don't fit into any of those. And if I don't fit into them, why should I have to try? Why can't I just be me, even if it's I'm the only one, or you don't understand it? And I absolutely, I salute that. Absolutely, you should be able to. But then we're threatened by it, aren't we? Well, no, what's interesting, so I was, I, I, I was thinking about this, and because you hear a lot going, what does this all mean? Why? What's these reasons? And I suppose in a professional environment, hi, I'm Dale. Yeah. Hi, I'm Ali. What do you do? I do this. What do you do? This. Cool, we're going to do this together. Cool. Does your sexuality, the fact you like rugby or anything else, have any impact on what we're going to do together? No. Do I need to know any of it? No. Am I interested in any of it? No. If I was, I'd have to ask every person in the office. But so in a professional environment, unless we don't, I don't really need to know. Because A, I shouldn't be offending anyone. Well, what, I shouldn't be excluding anyone. So, what, on, would, what, what would happen there? Let me throw that back at you. What happens if um, uh, I came to an interview with you and I was, I'm female, so let's do it that way. I was wearing a very masculine suit tie and I had a really, really short haircut and everything about me was very, and a little bit aggressive. And I, you know... I very, very quickly would get cross with you if you made any comments about it. Would would that be as easy for you just to get on with me as a work person? Um, I'd have to work out what I'd, I'd like to know why you're angry. But apart from that, everything else you said, I don't have an issue with. Okay. And then you have to take me to a really important board meeting and you know I'm going to turn up dressed like that. That personally doesn't bother me. And this is the thing, perhaps I'm looking at this quite strangely, that it doesn't no, I bother think, me. I think, you're looking, I think you're looking at it in a very beautiful way, but the problem is... Not that's everyone not, does. That's, not that's the thing. That, I and, know, and that's that, the that's thing. where this becomes a problem for these, young, that, these youngsters, because... Well, part, part of what I was going to get to is, in this professional world, we're all adults, and you kind of know your tribe, and I know my tribe, and we're quite, we don't have to necessarily reveal everything about us. But I think when you're trying to find your tribe, you've kind of got to show everyone who you are You've got to show your feathers. You've got to put your uniform on and go, this is me. Oh, there's somebody else dressed the same as me. Oh, over there. And, and, you know, maybe there's something else going on here, which if it is, it would be beautiful. And I really don't know. And, again, it doesn't affect the work that I do because my work's about making sure somebody's comfortable with who they are and the people around them are comfortable with it and, and just working through their emotional issues, not their physical ones. But it would be really lovely. And I actually like the idea of this world where uh, – Let's put it this way. I was chatting to some chaps in my village <laughs> and we were talking about John and Johannes and Strictly. And uh, 
and who should have won. And I think all of the guys in the final, absolutely amazing, and you know, absolutely, and it wasn't about dancing, as we've discussed previously. And my personal opinion was on the night, I think the boys, boys actually danced better. That was my personal opinion. And we got into a bit of debate, but what came out from this was these neighbours that have known me and my partner forever, and I've been in the village forever, said, well, we can't have two gay boys winning. It's ballrooms for, it's about man and a woman dancing, isn't it? Yeah, I don't agree with and that. And my heckles went up. And I thought, there's there's your problem, isn't it? Yep. That's the problem. It's, wouldn't it be lovely if actually, you're right, it doesn't matter. It never should have ever mattered what your sexual orientation is because you're either a nice person or you're not. It doesn't matter about your religion. You're a nice person or you're not. But as an individual, it does matter that you have the right to say, do you know, I love the fact, and if you'd have told me a few years ago, I'd be sat here saying, I'm Ali, I'm a gay woman. I'd never believed I'd have the balls to do that, seriously. But I love the fact I can do that now. And I know some people are going, oh, my God. Oh, my God, I can't have her near my children. She's one of those gay dogs. We're always going to have that, right? No, we do, believe me. But, but I love the, the fact it's okay to do that because it's okay to be me. I've always grown up in a world where, and I've realised, I had a big, uh, my colleague John, we go on drives around the country with work. We go to an exhibition. It's like I thought you do the same thing. Don't you just drive across the country? And we have these really long conversations. It's sort of saying, and it's like, I'm not going to, but basically I'd say, am I sexist if I do this? And all about it is we have a conversation. Basically we worked out we're very individual. So your tribe, your color, your gender, your physical size, your anything. It's every person is an individual. And that's how I treat people. So neurodiverse, anything, it doesn't really matter to me. I take you as you are. But I get what you're saying is, although I do, if I'm going into a situation as a company where I have to get this sale and Ali's going to wear that again, ooh, I best not take And that's the problem. It's not my problem. It's this perception of the world around us. Now, John Johannes, who's Johannes and who's that? John, John. Johannes, against any other professional dancer, always looks more extravagant, doesn't he? He always does a bit more. If John was in with any other male dancer, you probably wouldn't tell who was the professional because he did dance amazing. But because Johannes was the extra, <laughs> you could see it, couldn't you? Johannes' movements arguably were a lot more flowing and a little bit more feminine, is what yes. you're saying. It's nothing to do with his, his actual dancing per se. This is the thing. And this is the thing I don't like. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm walking on eggshells. You shells. are, and it's really and, funny and, to watch. Don't. Just say, but I don't want but I don't. But, but, some but, people get offended. But what are you for doing? And, and I absolutely love this. There's loads of opinions on what this is about, you know. Oh, in our day, it was, I was a mod, I was a rocker. Now it's, oh, I'm bi, I'm trans, I'm binary. I don't think it's the same thing going on. I think there's a little bit of that. But I think what's going on is something blimmin' wonderful. And I think we're the problem, our age group. Yep. Kids in school don't care if you're gay, straight. They don't care, right? They don't give a monkeys. Teenagers don't have a problem with one another, gay or straight. It's completely normal and natural to them. So maybe what's happening now is these guys that say, do you know what, we've come a long way where I can openly say I'm gay or I'm straight. But actually, is it okay now? Well, no, it is okay, isn't it, for me to say, actually, I'm neither? Is that okay? And it is. And that means we've come a long, long way. But they still need their tribe, don't they? They still need that sense of belonging. And I think in a funny sort of way, it's kind of nice. They have that sense of belonging by being different. Um, it's quite amazing, really. It is. And um, do you remember the film Train Spotting? I probably the only one in the world that didn't watch it. Oh, great film. But there is a scene, 
and it's Ewan McGregor does a great speech. Uh, they're all going to go off for a walk in the country in Scotland, beautiful Scotland. They get on the train, they get here, and um, they're all in a bad way, drug at various things. And um, he's uh, various expletives. It's mm, being Scottish. It's the lowest of the low. Very good Scottish. Brilliant. And he goes off. And he's talking about how in the future there'll be no male or female. We'll all just be another expletive. And I was like, yeah. And this was 97, this was said, 96. And I was like, yeah, the idea of gender and who we are and that very... I mean, you think about it, going back to the 20s, women could vote, men could. My mum in the 80s went back to work. My dad didn't want her to because she should stay at home. But she was like, no, I'm my own person. This whole thing started in the 20s. It's continuing that we're equal. Now we're all equal. We can be what you want. And I love it. I, I do. I, I think we're and, living but, in a really exciting time. But, but partly I'm but, looking at it because I've got two girls. So I'm literally going, oh. Oh, I'm thinking about this from a much more feminine point of view. I'm a bloke. Life's easy. You just walk through life and drift and it's fine. But I'm, I'm as I said earlier, I'm having to talk to my uh, 12-year-old daughter about what she wears. And to be clear, I want her to wear what she wants. The only reason you have to do that is to protect her from people that might look at her in a certain way and take advantage of her. And generally, it's this the is, older generation. Yeah, but but I guess... I guess my, my we've gone off tribes a little bit rather yeah. than how we feel about uh, I I I I love the idea that it's easy to find your tribe because of the internet and what have you. The biggest concerns I have in my therapy room are those that don't that don't fit in, don't belong. And and by that we're not just talking a tribe of people like them, but in their own environments. We talked earlier about, you know, when you're when you're growing up can't just leave home or change schools you've got to be there so if you know the teachers family family friends can't deal with how you identify and who you are or how you behave it doesn't have to be a sexual thing it can just be I'm quite reclusive and I don't you know no I'm sorry I don't want to play football just because my brothers do I want to play the piano or do ballet no I'm not gay I just like dancing deal with it stop labeling me and 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 that can make you very very lonely as well so a lot of work that I have to do is around working with the family and we we did a, a, a podcast on trauma and that the actual event is not what i deal with so finding out that your son or daughter is gay bisexual trans what whatever that's 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 the event it's how you feel about it that is affecting how you're coping with it and that's what i need to work through and the why why are you threatened by it why are you frightened for them why are you this why are you that and i suppose from a parent's point of view there are two things, two things that, again, I can imagine. So one is um, my child's coming out as a gay. Um, oh, my God, life's going to be so hard for them. If they were straight, their life would be so much easier. Logic. Uh, because there's this bully and things like that. So there's that thing. But as you touched on in the previous episode, um, it was uh, trauma. And the bloke, it was, he would never play rugby with his child. And that's the thing, I think when you have a child, you have this, their life flashes before you. And I, I, it happened to me. I remember I had, I had a child and I literally, I, I literally, I could see myself being a grandparent at Christmas with the, she'd have her husband there and their kids there and all this lot. And you have these dreams and we'll do all this family stuff and you'll do all this stuff. 
and then your child comes out as gay and that dream you had had just been taken from you. Has it? Has it? Was it there? Was it there in the first place? What well, was no, it? No, but has it? You see, uh, that's what, the thing. What, has it? What you've just done is you've just projected your model of the world onto that individual. Yep. I mean, I, I remember, and again, just to give you a little bit of grace here, I remember one of my mum's reactions as well. I won't have grandchildren then. And I thought, this isn't actually about you. No. I won't have children. How do you think that makes me feel? Because I didn't think I could back then. Obviously, that's all changed, which is lovely again, yeah? But it's how it affects other people. And and if you're different, whether it's a sexuality thing, whether well, you don't, you know, Let's go back to autism. It's a massive one. You know, when, when the kids are young, they don't know they're different. They don't know anything. But they get to a point where they begin to realise, especially if they're in a inclusive school, that they're not like the other kids. They process differently. They behave differently. They don't get the joke. They, they don't have that, that social nuance that we all pick up as we're growing. They don't have those clues that we all pick up as we're... They, and they know they're different, and then they can't fit in, and they don't belong. And on top of that, and them now not fitting in and not belonging and realising they're different, which none of us want to feel, they also get to the point where they realise that actually this is affecting their parents. So then roles reverse. And I've got yeah. so many teenagers on the spectrum that are... You know, I know mum's really disappointed or dad's really disappointed. And, and you think you shouldn't even be worrying about that. Do you know, it's a lovely thing that you are. It makes you a lovely human being, but you shouldn't be worrying. So, again, if you're a little bit different or on your own, it's not just you you think about. It's how other people are going to react. And that will affect the choices that you make. So, Asabit, I can't, I can't imagine someone kicking their child. I, I literally, I cannot fathom it. I cannot. As we've discussed off previously, I don't understand it. Perhaps it's a neurodiverse part of me, whatever it is. I just don't understand that it's not a case of they became gay when they told you. <laughs> you didn't become gay when you told your parents. I didn't actually tell them. They worked it out before I did, which was even worse. But, yeah, no, I get your point. You were gay yeah. for years. <laughs> Arguably, yes. It's a whole other podcast again. <laughs> Type thing. So it's not like it changed today. You've always been. I'm just Ali. But it's it's our fears, it's our perceptions, and it's back to tribe again. And to have, and when we're, we're homing in on the sexuality thing here, but there's 101 reasons why you can't find your tribe, as we've kind of touched on. But all of a sudden, I affected mum's tribe. I was, about to, I was going to say about that. So now mum doesn't fit in her tribe because she's got me. It's, yeah. it's all about fitting in, belonging and being respected. And I affected that because her tribe, no, 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 no. So it's, it's, an, ongoing, it's an ongoing thing, but we, we just need to be really mindful and be aware that, do you know, I actually think it would be utopia if it was okay, and I think we're going that way, for someone to say, yeah, I'm on the spectrum. And they're like, yeah, cool, great. Do you want a beer? Or, yeah, I'm non-binary or I'm, yeah, I'm transsexual. Great. Do you want a beer? And, and for it not to matter. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't, but that's it. I, 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 I think we're going I that way. I think we're going that way. And that, that, I think, will solve a lot of problems. And it will stop a lot of the horror stories of people ending up in gangs or being picked up by county lines or being picked up by 
<laughs> clean it up, Ali. Nasty people on the internet pretending to be who they're not or ending up self-harming or suicide or worse because they don't belong. I think the world's going a lovely way, but we're not there yet. Yeah, and that's the thing. I, I'm, I, I'm hopeful. That I, I believe I'm there, but then I've not always been in any situations to test it. Yeah. But I believe, and again, a lot of the people I surround myself with, I believe are there, but I do hear stories from my daughter's school. I hear things. It's like, no, no, there's a lot of families who've still got a long way to go. Yeah, there is. And and again, it's a fear thing that that's, that's not a rule in their tribe. And, it, and, you know, we're talking, we've homed in on sexuality, but it could be a religious thing. Do you know, that's not what we do within our religion. Yeah. So it's different. And that, that's, that's probably one of the really hard ones, the whole when you get religion involved. Yeah. Because if you can't be that, as soon as you say that, you could be kicked out of that family home. Potentially, yeah. And again, you're on your own. So if you dare to be different, you risk being on your own. And that is scary and it's lonely. But the, one of the issues that I see a lot with therapy, I, we, we were asked to um, look at a contract to work with some people on probation, going to come out of prison. And there's a, like this 28-day period before they come out where they work with therapists and what have you to get them ready to move out into the real world. And it's lovely, right? They, there's various organisations that do all this work, find them flats away from the area that they got into trouble, get them an apprenticeship, do all these behavioural, physical things, give them a fresh start. And they go through therapy to try and change their behaviours of, you know, you don't want to be doing selling drugs or whatever it is they were doing for this 28 days before they came out. And <laughs> me being me, <laughs> I kind of say what I feel. And Do you? I do. And I said, you know, this is all lovely, nice flat, new town, job, fresh start, away from the gangs that they were involved in. Or Brilliant. Here's the problem. Unless... You, and I know I'm a broken record, but hopefully it's sinking in, right? Unless you deal with the reason for the behaviour that got them involved in that in the first place, the first time they hear a sand bunker in their nice new flat with their nice new job, guess where they're going to run back to? Yep. And it's the same for finding your tribe and finding your identity, whatever that is, whether it's a physical one, whether it's, you know, a cognitive one, whether it, whatever it is, whatever it is that makes you stand out and feel different, the key is to get that individual to a position where they have the self-worth and the resilience to not need to be any less than they are to fit in somewhere. They need to be able to be able to say, yes, this is me. And I'm okay. You started this with the guy dancing at the music festival, festival on his own. Absolute respect. That's what you want to be. That's what we all need to be because if we can all do that, that means we're not fretted by anybody not like us. So then we don't need to be in a tribe. Tribes are dangerous. They fight other tribes. But more importantly, you don't need to try and fit into a tribe that you don't really fit into because that will make you even lonelier than being on your own. Sometimes if you start off, do your own thing, a tribe will find you. I think so. I think so. But it's, it's having that confidence, which is really quite hard if you've been through a lot of negative experiences. And, and the only way that's going to change is if we take a leaf out of kids' and teenagers' books because I love it in schools. I have never, ever, ever seen in all the schools we're in now, we're in a lot, a child or a teenager have a go at another one because they're gay or lesbian or whatever they're 
by non-binary. I've never seen it, right? I've never seen it. And I've never seen it where they've directly had a go because of religion or colour either. I know it happens. I'm not stupid. So. But I haven't seen it, which means that we've got a generation coming through that are like, so you're you. That's all right. As long as you're a nice person, I don't care. And if the world can do that, that's brilliant. But the problem is us because of our fears or expectations. Well, you can't do that because we're in this tribe and that doesn't fit. So that makes us feel uncertain. And, you know, if you, if you and again, parents, you know, you know your kids, you know you know what's going on. You know there's something different. And if they suddenly come home, but maybe you've worked out they're gay, straight, whatever. If if they suddenly come home and say, hey, I think I'm non-binary or I'm whatever. Do you know, are they seeking attention? I don't know. Who knows? Who cares? The thing to do is say, okay. What I'm going to say to you, Value what it. i said to so many people. So Jane Friswell, Natalie Packer, Kate Browning, you, many others. All the schools I work with, they're amazing. And you're right. The schools who are inviting you in, are making the world a better place. There are amazing you schools. just hit it on the head, yeah. <laughs> but there are lots of schools who, we do not have a bullying problem. There is no bullying in here. There is. I haven't been to your school. I know there's bullying. There is. Because you've got that attitude. You're not actually looking for it. You decide. But it's a not. tribe thing again, again, isn't it, though? Because those schools, you know, you might, in, in, any, in any group, and teachers are a group, you might have one or two that are, no, no, not at our school. We don't have that sort of thing. Yeah. But the majority of the teachers there will go, yeah, we do actually. But uh, I can't actually say we do because it might affect some tick sheet we're on somewhere. Yeah. What a shame. And that's I the think schools. the kids are leading the way right now. They are. And that's the thing. So I know schools where it is happening, but it is less and less. And I would also say, and again, words still hurt, but you let them hurt you. But I would say it's um, less physical less violent it's calmer not everywhere because you do see horrible stuff in the news so but i think definitely the younger things you i see in my daughter's classes when they were in primary school the how diverse they are in many ways and how accepting they are it was beautiful and it was generally it was the parents who were kicking up a fuss about what may or may not have happened in that classroom so you'd hear something go off and go oh and you get what happened in school today? What happened with this? We went, nothing. So it happened. Oh, yeah, that happened. But you look here going, wow, that's what parents, and it's the parents making it an issue, which tells the children this shouldn't be happening. But yeah, I think we are heading into a world where it is a lot happier. I think so. We're heading into a world where we're a lot more accepting. I think, though, that we need to be really aware. <clears throat> I personally think it's all going the right way. And I absolutely love what's happened that people are able to say, no, I'm sorry, I still don't fit in your box. I have this box and there's no one else in this box with me and that's okay. I love that. I think that that's really powerful. Yep. And it's going to stop a lot of people having mental health issues going forward because they're trying to fit in. But I think we need to accept that for parents, that can be quite hard. And parents, do you know, if a child's okay with being their individual self, that's great. But if they haven't found their tribe, then they risk getting into the wrong tribe. And again, how would you notice this? You know your kids. So just notice changes in behaviour. And that, again, can be anything. It can be started, you don't know, always know where they're going. They're spending more time on their computer and switch it off when you come in. You know, You know your kids. If you notice something different about their behaviour, if they're becoming more reclusive, just be aware. 
And if you have that that communication with your kid, ask. And whatever they tell you, no matter how much it might break your heart that you're worried that what their life's going to look like or what that might mean or how it might frighten the horses, just say, okay. It, it will be okay. If you're their wisdom, it's going to be easier. Yeah. It's going to be nicer. Because ultimately you are their tribe. Yeah. And it all goes wrong when you stop being their tribe. And I think I think you can generally, as a parent, if they haven't found their tribe, you can kind of make them feel more accepted there's little things you can do to make them happier to make them feel accepted that's thing if they haven't got their tribe if you but they're still you're making it very clear you are in our tribe yeah then i know you don't like the rules and regs and you're going to leave at some point but you were born into this tribe and you'll always be welcome yeah regardless if you can make that then they're not going to go really hunting for a tribe or whatever cost yeah. They're going to wait for and, the right and, tribe and, to come along. And that's where this goes badly, badly wrong for way too many because they're that alone and they will go and try and fit in or be kidded, manipulated into believing that they fit in. And bringing them back from that is really, really hard. So just be vigilant, keep your eyes open. And, you know, yeah, I think that's a very valid point. They were born into your tribe. They are your tribe. And they've if, always been that way. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not like they switched on the 13th of October. And they're not doing it just to annoy you. And even if they are, what's that about? So, yeah, be open, be accommodating, be accepting. And, uh, yeah, life's... I, I did enjoy Strictly this year. I really did. He was a great dancer. There is. I, I hate to pull you away from Strictly, but there was one other topic that comes up an awful lot for me, and it was how parents um, deal with children that decide that they are physically in the wrong body and the fact that there is a really high rate, well, a higher rate than in neurotypical within the autism world. And, and you know, I can't answer that because as a therapist, I make it a point of never giving advice or opinion because I'm, I'm not yours. I'm not, you know, I'm not, not you. I'm not, I'm not the parent of your child. But, you know, again, it's... It could be painful, it could be frightening, it could be worrying. You know, how, what age is a child even capable of making those decisions? What can you do? There is so much help and information about this on the internet from really good sites like mine, LGBTQ+. If, if you're worried, have a look. There's really helpful stuff on there, simple, explained stuff, and it will help you to help your child to feel safe while they're looking for their tribe. And it is important, as you said, not to rush when it's the wrong tribe. Take time, especially with the, the whole wrong, wrong body thing. You see news of it happened at this age and you see a news story three weeks later of I got changed, but I want to change back. It should never happen in the first place. I'm suing someone. And Interestingly, that doesn't happen that much. Okay, so the people getting... that really do go to that, that there's, there's very, I mean, it's another podcast in itself. Yes. But there's various degrees you can just have um, things like menstruation stopped, puberty stopped, so that you don't, you know, take on the attributes of the physicality that you don't want, or you can go full sex change. But you know, the 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 facts and figures on, and then, and then the best ones actually are in Australia. They're not even here. Really good reports if you want to have a look at that. Um, that once they've made that decision, they don't change back, and their only regrets are not about they don't like their new body. They don't like the fact that. They've lost their tribe, their family, their friends because they've made the decision to be who they are and not live a lie. That's a harsh one. 
So when we talk about tribes, if we were going to round this one off, because we probably should, we all did it when we were teenagers. We were looking for our tribe, you know, football team, mods, rockers, disco, or whatever it was. We were looking for our tribe. And hopefully we all found it one way or another. But the tribe that can get everybody through while they're looking through the tribe is the tribe you were born into, which is family. And the way that tribe gets you through is to accept that it's still your child. They're not doing this to hurt you. Whatever it is, whether they've been born on the spectrum or whatever we've discussed today, they're not doing this to hurt you. And they're struggling too. That's but you thing. are their only tribe. It's not a and you, you versus them. If you turn your back on them, they have no tribe. And that's where people like me have to step in. And I've said before, I, I think I don't want people in therapy. I think as a family is, I mean, again, you got to go, you didn't choose this. You didn't choose to be gay. Didn't you didn't go, you didn't pick a card out. Oh, I got the gay card. Um, you know what I mean? It's just the way it is. You didn't literally go, that is, it happened. It's not that. It's just, this is the way we all are. We're not, I, I was born unlike deaf. me, we're not I, all perfect. I was born deaf. I was born blind. Or, you know, I, it's happened somewhere along the way. I'm, I'm autistic. I'm neurodiverse. It's not a choice. Some things are, are very obvious at birth. Yeah. Autism, as they grow, you go, that's not quite easy you see it. And sexuality won't come out until later. It's, it's not a choice, and I'm not doing this to hurt you or harm you. This yep. is me. And do you know what? While I'm looking for my tribe, I'd be really grateful if you could be my tribe. Yes. Because if you reject me, then I've had it, haven't I? Yeah. No, I'm probably not, I'm not that's, find that next tribe. That's that's where the problems start, and that's where they end up in therapy or worse. So please, 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 guys, no matter how painful, upsetting, disappointing, whatever emotion you're feeling, and you have every right to feel, you're their tribe. We're going to end on that. So thank you for coming on the show today, Ali. Thanks for having me. You are welcome. I'm going to go and have a beer with my tribe. Marvellous. You can't come. You don't like beer. <laughs> That's about to say I'm not in your tribe. I thought you were going to say. Like, ooh, <laughs> ooh. <laughs> Ow. So thank you for listening. Um, if you haven't subscribed already, you can subscribe by going to our website, www.thesendcast.com. You can also join us on social media. On Twitter, we're at The Sendcast. On Facebook and Instagram, we are simply The Sendcast. And you can drop us an email, let us know your thoughts, suggest topics and anything else by sending an email to hello at thesendcast.com. And if you enjoy this podcast, if you enjoy the Sendcast, please look into the virtual Send conference. A number of our guests speak at our conferences or like Ali have recorded a training course. Um, the Sendcast and the virtual Send is run by us here at B Squared um, and we're all about SEN. Um, but what makes the virtual send conference difference is it is accessed across the internet. We broadcast it every year in May with 12 highly valuable sessions designed to help you in the classroom and actually make a difference in your school. But the videos are always there. So you can watch them on demand whenever you want. And you can access all of our past events. You can go along to the store, buy a access to a conference and watch those videos whenever you want. It makes so much sense as a great way for getting CPD to all staff around SEND. The cost for each conference is £60. And this covers the entire school, not per person. And as a listener to the Sendcast, we're offering you a 10% discount just by using the code Sendcast10. So thank you for listening. We'll be back with another episode of the Sendcast. It's goodbye from me. Take care and stay safe, everybody. Stay safe, everyone. Bye. Bye.